1: Hello and welcome to my Friday Five and a weekly look at the things that have caught my eye or captured my imagination from the world of well-being and more these past seven days. And did you know that this is Vaginal Atrophy Week? Yes, it is indeed. And I throw that out there right at the top of the show. So you know what you're in for discussion wise with my guest in case you either want to A, switch off, or B, hopefully the other option, which is to turn up the volume, give this your full attention and share with a girlfriend or two who might just be suffering, maybe in silence. But before we dive into all that massive thanks to all of you for your continuing comments and five star reviews on iTunes it's so great to see and I really do read them all and am so very grateful like these here from Jellybean at 56 who says great podcast from Lizelle. she always asks the questions we need to know and she lets the guests speak without interrupting unlike a lot of other podcasters exclamation mark thank you very much that was very kind of you uh, this one here from French Francesca, left on the 4th of December. Amazingly insightful podcast, really up-to-date fact and discussions. Love it. Thank you for those. And I think that that last comment refers probably to last week's Friday Five, where I chatted with Dr. Zoe harkham about the fake news surrounding the studies linking eating eggs with raising the risk of type 2 diabetes. Whereas in fact, if you interrogate the data of the actual study, instead of just blindly parroting the press release, you see that it's actually a link with disadvantaged women living in remote regions of rural Or China, eating more processed foods, such as biscuits and cakes, that were found to be the real risk. But I guess the fake food industry, as Zoe so pithily calls it, would rather put money behind a media campaign damning the humble, healthy egg. Well, what really struck me when I re-listened to Zoe's critique of the evidence here was just how easy it is to manipulate and spin statistics to pretty much whichever agenda you choose to promote, something we've all become, sadly, too used to seeing during 2020. I now get so much more of my news and information, not from the mainstream media sources, but from those I follow on Twitter, for example. And you're welcome to check out those if you're interested to see which medics and academics and commentators I follow. You will find me on Twitter as Me. And I'd be very glad of your company there. Lots of other new platforms opening up now, interestingly, paving the way for freer speech as some of the more mainstream platforms start to censor and restrict their content. So look out for platforms like Parlay, for example. That's a micro blogging platform priding itself on being non-biased and pro-free speech. I've actually just registered my name on here, but have yet to post anything. I might in the future. I'm just waiting to see how all these restrictions go and whether those I follow get cancelled and have to move somewhere uncensored. And I think no matter which side of whatever debate you sit on, I fundamentally believe in the right to free speech and to be able to discuss and debate ideas and new theories without fear or favour. As I was reminded the other day, there is no such thing as scientific fact. Only current scientific thinking or theory until the next advancement or discovery comes along to replace the first. We used to think that the atom was the smallest particle and it was promoted as such as scientific fact until, of course, we split it and then further discovered protons, neutrons, even quarks. And I'm not talking about quark, the spreadable soft cheese. Anyway, I have massively digressed from my opening introduction on vaginal atrophy week. And I can't think of anything sensible to segue into this topic, aside perhaps from saying that as free speech needs to open up, and be better protected so we as midlife women also need to feel comfortable about opening up discussions around some really very common healthcare taboos and be better protected from some debilitating yet scarily common symptoms caused by lowering levels of our hormones, whether due to menopause or at other times of our lives, such as during pregnancy and breastfeeding, for example. Well, here to talk more about all is the menopausal counsellor and campaigner, a lady I follow avidly on Instagram and have had a huge admiration continuing for many years now. She is the one and only Diane Danzebrink. So I'm really delighted to be welcoming back Diane Danzerbrink. Many of you will know her extraordinary work across social media with the Menopause Matters campaign, or is it Make Menopause Matters?
0: That's the one, Liz, Make Menopause Matters.
1: Yes. (laughs) Make Menopause Matters. You are just so brilliant. We first connected many years ago when this whole kind of lifting the lid on menopause really happened, I guess, in, in the mainstream media, which was what sort of. Four or five years ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it is now.
0: Looking back, we are four or five years into this list.
1: <laughs> and and have we have we come far in those few years? What's your What's your reading of it at the moment?
0: Um, I think in certain areas, we're sort of, we're definitely experiencing improvements. So um, as you and I have talked about before, one of the aims of the campaign was to have menopause included in the new RSE curriculum. Um, So I'm delighted to say that menopause was included in the curriculum in secondary education from September this year.
1: And remind us what RSE stands for.
0: Uh, it's uh, relationships and sex education. Right, great. Um, so it's definitely that's definitely a step forward, um, having it included in the curriculum. I think we're also making we're also making some progress with regards to the workplace, where you know certainly myself and I know other colleagues are delivering more awareness training into different organizations. Um, I think the the place where we have the sort of the biggest hill to climb is really around menopause healthcare um, and accessible menopause healthcare for everybody. Um, You know we still have you know we still have a, a mountain to climb to ensure that every woman has access to factual evidence-based care and support that's that's really where so many people are working so hard to try and make that happen but as with all these things they
1: take time don't they indeed and it's really interesting to see the shift I remember my own journey I I would barely want to mention the word menopause uh, because I didn't like the association or the connotation if somebody had said to me a few years ago, actually, do you know what, Liz, you're going to be broadcasting to several hundred thousand people about vaginal atrophy, I would have thought, you know, absolutely nowhere is that ever going to happen. But I guess it's like everything, we, we need to bring these things out into the open. And I was really, you know, quite um, chuckling when I saw on your Instagram feed that this is indeed Vaginal Atrophy Week. And I, I'm is. wondering, is, is this a real thing, Diane? Is it really, or is this, is, is this a concoction?
0: No, it is, it is a real thing, Liz. So this is, you may, I'm sure that you have come across the brilliant book, Me and My Menopausal Vagina, written written by Jane Lewis. And this is, this is absolutely, this is a collaboration between Jane Lewis and the lovely, wonderful women who run um vulva cancer awareness and lichen sclerosis awareness and yes. the three of them have got together and they have created vaginal atrophy or genitourinary symptoms of menopause as it's also known yes um, okay. awareness week yeah absolutely and it it's, is i i think it's something that's been running for about three years now um but this is this is definitely sort of the biggest week, the biggest campaign. There's I'm sure you've seen lots of videos on Instagram. Yeah. I have. Lots of people sharing, et cetera, which is brilliant. Mm. Um and it's such it's such an important part of menopause that, as you rightly say, Liz, you would you would maybe not a few years ago yeah. have have seen yourself um, you know, dedicating part of part of your friday
1: five to this <laughs> um well it it's it's staggeringly common and in fact you you mentioned jane lewis i'm sitting here with her book in front of me actually <laughs> me and my menopausal <laughs> vagina which has got a really lovely bright yellow cover with a picture of a zoom ice lolly uh <laughs> suggestively placed on the cover and it is genius and i've just actually opened up the page uh, to uh, the preface, and it's not just menopause because it says here whether you've had sex for the first time, have just given birth, have survived vulval cancer, and are left with unimaginable uh, vaginal dryness, are being driven mad by, and then things I've never heard of here, Diane. Pudendal, Pudendal neuralgia. Pudendal neuralgia, yeah. Pudendal neuralgia. Have pelvic floor dysfunction, painful bladder syndrome, or vulvodynia
0: vulvodynia
1: vulvodynia yeah um, and you know there are so many hidden unexplored you know this is uncharted territory i think for so many but let's just go back to a little bit of a recap here so mm. why is vaginal dryness vaginal atrophy why is that a thing of the menopause and so common and and still so untalked about but i know many women will be listening to this all ears
0: Well, essentially, it it stems from the same cause as so many of the menopause symptoms, which is this essentially fluctuation and eventual falling away of estrogen in particular. Um, And I think one of the reasons that it's not talked about is because, you know, hearing you say about sort of us not talking about menopause well if we don't talk about menopause my goodness you know it is an enormous leap forward for us to be openly talking about the vaginal and urinary symptoms of menopause Um, and I think you know as with as with anything related to menopause it has very much been something that's been hidden been very hush hush but because it does affect you know at least half of the population directly Mm. and potentially the other half indirectly it is absolutely vital and I think the saddest thing Liz about particularly these symptoms of menopause is that they cause not just so much physical distress but they cause an enormous amount of emotional distress and I know Jane won't mind me telling you because she has written about it. We have spoken about it publicly together, but I actually met Jane because she sought me out as her therapist, to who specialised obviously in this area, um, because of you know sort of the emotional impact her symptoms were having on her mm. and again you know sort of we don't really we don't really reflect on the emotional issues that come with yeah. sometimes living with debilitating discomfort on a daily hourly basis mm. um and also you know vaginal atrophy it's not just about menopause it could be happening to women who are potentially breastfeeding it could be happening you know, sort of to women who have been plunged, young women who have been plunged into a very early surgical or chemical menopause. And at the other end of the scale, it could be happening to women who feel that they sailed through menopause, they had absolutely no symptoms at all. Mm. But come sort of 10 years post menopause, they're suddenly having these, you know, these perhaps urinary symptoms um, struggling with some kind of incontinence or repeated UTIs Um, the you know kind of burning soreness dryness that's associated with the vaginal symptoms and that might not just be vaginally that could be the vulva too so Mm. the you know sort of the outer tissue the tissue you can see Um, and I think we really have to sort of It's brilliant that you're talking about it
1: on here because I know a lot of people will will hear it. Um, Hopefully hear hear it and share it. I remember talking to to a GP who was saying that she was seeing women, older women who were not coming forward for their regular smear test Mm. because their skin in that area, the tissues were so thin. And so mm-hmm. sensitive and, and prone to splitting and, and breaking that they simply couldn't have, you know, couldn't countenance anything, you know, coming near them in, in, in that area. And of course that is potentially, you know, a, a real life-saving situation where you when, when you can go for your cancer screening. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith,
0: co-star of my upcoming film, If only in theaters, May seventeenth. Do you want to tell people the big news? Alright, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for fifteen dollars a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com switch. Upfront payment of forty five dollars, equivalent to fifteen dollars per month, unlimited over forty gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active Mint customers by five thirty one twenty four get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May thirty first, twenty twenty four. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. A lot can happen in three years,
1: like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical And I think one of the things that really struck me, you know, was I had not made the connection between repeated UTIs. So talking about things like, you know, bladder infections, cystitis, urgent yep. continence, you know, burning on weeing, all of that kind of thing with lower lowered levels of estrogen. You know, I, I yep. thought that it was all just about vaginal dryness and that was to do with, with estrogen levels. I didn't realize that the that estrogen was actually protecting the right ph balance around the urethra and the bladder and so lots of these you know incontinence issues and urine retract infections which don't respond to antibiotics will respond to localized estrogen
0: absolutely liz and you know again sort of we see an awful see and hear from an awful lot of women who have been Prescribed repeated doses, short doses of antibiotics, Mm. um, and they're not helping. And that's really because they're living in a state of estrogen depletion, and what they need is estrogen. You know, that entire pelvic area Mm. is essentially reliant on good levels of estrogen, as you say, to maintain the pH balance, you know, sort of to keep the tissue healthy and well. Um, And that's when you think that sort of we're we're told regularly that we're all living longer and we're going to live well into our 80s, it's vital that women have that information before these symptoms come
1: along so that they can make some informed choices. The the, the good news is that you can replenish your oestrogen locally So, and it's never too late, is it? So that's that's the good thing. And you don't have to be on full-blown HRT either. You can if you prefer just have a bit of local estrogen cream which is entirely safe and extremely effective and it just stays localized doesn't it within the vaginal vaginal walls and, and and will help.
0: Yeah absolutely we there are you know there are several different choices. There are pessaries, there are gels, there are creams, there's a vaginal ring which can be inserted and stays in place for 90 days and gives 90 days of local estrogen. Oh. For some people they need to have something internally and they'll need a cream used externally too. So right. if it's if it's vagina and vulva. But because they're such tiny, tiny doses of estrogen, yeah. they can very safely be used on a on a regular basis.
1: Yeah. Um and
0: they can be used alongside
1: systemic HRT as well. Yes, you know, well, th- 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 this this was the interesting thing. I, I assumed also incorrectly that if you were on HRT, you actually didn't need localized estrogen. But actually I've come to realize that a lot of women do still have UTIs or vaginal dryness, even if they're on regular estrogen with, with their HRT. And so topping it up, with a little bit of cream or, you know, Bantifem or whatever it is, can actually be very helpful and it isn't going to overload you, isn't going to give you too much estrogen, is it?
0: No, absolutely not. It's around, it's around 20, 25% of women, we believe, will need to be on both. But as I say, because they are such, because the local estrogens are such tiny doses. Um, very important to recognize that you can absolutely have systemic HRT and you can have your local estrogen too. And some people get on very well just using the local estrogen. Mm. Um You know, it's very dependent, as we've always said, Liz, in all these conversations, it's very independent, very dependent on the individual woman. And every
1: woman should be, you know, sort of should be treated according to her own symptoms. Absolutely. Now, you, I know, are very active on social media. You've got a brilliant Facebook support (laughs) group. Can we can we just mention that for anybody who might be interested in, in joining your group?
0: Yes, of course. So my group is called the Menopause Support Network, and it's on Facebook, and we've got about 17,500 members. Um, And Jane also has uh, a Facebook group, which is, I believe, it's just called Vaginal Dryness, um, or Vaginal Atrophy, one of the two. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is a group there too, and that's very specifically focused on as i say those genitourinary syndrome symptoms of menopause
1: amazing to be able to to join in a safe space i know that your forum is it's a private group isn't it so mm. you have to get clearance to join and yeah. you've got practice nurses and doctors and all sorts in there to help and and yeah. we're sharing their experience and, and and advice for other women
0: yeah i mean it's sort of it's been a sort of um trickle down effect if you like liz so you know sort of i i started it very small and um I have a team of moderators now who have learned from me and the the community now is a very educated community who, you know, they have learnt, we've all sort of learned from each other. Um, and it's a very safe, very supportive place yeah. where people can come along really and ask anything related to menopause. Brilliant. And it, it can be tricky because, you know, if, if there's nobody else in your life experiencing it, Mm-hmm. You you sometimes don't know where to start.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I wish I'd known about so many things earlier. It's, you know, even things like not realizing that if you're breastfeeding, that takes, you know, your your estrogen levels are going to be very much lowered. Mm. so it's really vital that we we start talking about this and start normalizing it you know I have to say you know my boys uh, around the supper table often you know just kind of raise their eyes to the ceiling or hold their head in their hands when I start talking about things but um, you know again it's just making these conversations normal and you know not to labor the point but just to say look you know if if this is affecting you it's a completely normal thing there is lots and lots of safe effective help out there the key message isn't it diane is don't suffer in silence and 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 share this good information with your with your girlfriends and your your female family members absolutely
0: liz you know kind of that that very much is the key message please don't suffer in silence please Mm. do reach out you know there are lots of great resources now um the menopause doctor website is a fabulous resource we have menopause support um and which is our own website you know there's a lot of good stuff on instagram as well um we're in we're in so much better place than we were um, you know, when I wished all this stuff was around yeah. about eight years ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and I, I can't leave without asking a question here because this was something I picked up. Obviously, I've been monitoring Vaginal Atrophy Week with some interest uh, in, yeah. in the run up to today's podcast. And having been involved in the past in the beauty world, I was very interested to see... Yes hyaluronic acid which mm. is a famed skincare ingredient for aging yes. being promoted as a potential vaginal moisturizer what, what what's the story on that
0: yeah so um hyaluronic acid so the i think the important thing about hyaluronic acid is that for those women who um perhaps for one reason or another They don't get on with other preparations. It just gives them another option. Um, You know, hyaluronic acid is something that the body makes naturally anyway. So this is, this is about supplementing. And there is, um, I think it's, I think it's Dr. Sarah Ball has done a great little video all about hyaluronic acid as part of um as part of this vaginal atrophy awareness week on Instagram so if you want to know a bit more about it then it's well worth going and having a look there but we do have we do have products available which are Um, you know you can buy them over the counter and it's very much about finding the right thing for the right person so you know whether whether it's as you say whether it's those doctor prescribed things or whether it's something that you know sort of you can buy for yourself I think it's just important to know for people that there are choices
1: now. It's it's so important and I'm certainly going to be taking a closer look at my hyaluronic acid serum, and maybe considering other uses. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a real pleasure to talk to you. I look forward to the next extraordinary uh, healthcare week that no doubt you will be highlighting on one of your many uh, channels. You, you've just been such a saviour for so many women. Thank you very much for your, your considered and caring voice in this space. It's, it's much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. And that book, again, is called My Menopausal Vagina. It's by Jane Lewis, and it is available from mymenopausalvagina.com. And it covers so many GSM issues, including vulval cancer, vaginal atrophy, pelvic floor dysfunction, and much more. And if you'd like to join a support group or just take a look at some of the really interesting topics being discussed that could be both helpful and relevant to you, do head over to Facebook where you can request to join Diane's private support group, which is called the menopause support network. That's the menopause support network. Really important to make sure you end up on the right one there, because there are so many now on Facebook Lots of websites and forums often trying to sell you something such as useless private hormone tests or unregulated hormones or expensive herbal supplements that won't actually do anything to replace lost estrogen. So do be careful who you follow on this platform especially. And if it turns out they're trying to sell you something, well, just be especially aware. So that's it for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the listen, even if it's not been entirely up your alley, so to speak. And I do hope that you will share it perhaps with friends and family members who might appreciate a listen. You know, that's one of the things I really love about podcasts. You can so easily forward to someone and share a link without having to have any awkward or embarrassing conversations, and yet still pass on incredibly helpful information at the same time. And if you'd like to know a little bit more about pelvic health, especially UTIs and how to combat and beat cystitis, head over to the Lizal Wellbeing YouTube channel because I have just uploaded a very frank and personal look at this. Plus, I show some of the supplements and other things that I have personally found to be the most effective helpers, including things like D-mannose, high-strength garlic, and two very specific strains of probiotics, both found actually in an OctiBac supplement called Optibac for women. These two being L-Rhamnosus and L-Ruteri, both found to be the most helpful when it comes to pelvic bladder, and vaginal health. They are things that I have personally bought time and time again for many years. And I'm pleased to say that now this specific supplement you can get with a 15% discount at the time of recording. You just have to go to their website, which is optibackprobiotics.com. And if you use the code LizLOVES, that's all in capitals, and that's for their Optiback for Women supplement. I can actually highly recommend it. Been using it for years. And it's the one you'll always find in my fridge. So it's nice to share a bit of a discount here. Thanks, guys. If you want more information, you will also find that and the link on wellbeing.com That is it for this week. I hope you have a very good weekend and a happy, calm week ahead. So until the next time we chat, go well. Bye-bye.
0: Instant Glam. Visit impressbeauty.com/presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout
1: for 25% off Impress manicure and Press-On falsies.